Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of All the Feels. Uh, I have with me here Dory. Hi, I'm very excited. We yeah. have a nice surprise for all of you. Yeah. We are welcoming our first ever Hall Star <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> we are so excited to have him. Uh, Antonio Cayon has joined us yep. uh, live from Vancouver. Yay! Uh, hey, everyone. He's here. There he is. Thanks we, for having me on the show. Oh my God! Thanks for coming. This is this is a new uh, a new frontier for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we heard you on the Hallmarkies podcast with yeah. Rachel, and then promptly uh, stole you for our show. Yeah. So thank you, Rachel. I, I support that. Steal away. Yes, and thank you, Rachel. That was a, I was I was actually really excited to get on her to be on her show and to have a, a conversation um, right sort of in the midst of uh, a lot of big changes. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel. Now it's a couple months later and yeah. we've got so much to like update. Way more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of unpacking. There's boxes yeah. all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Poor post office. Um, so first we just want to talk about just kind of, so when you talked to Rachel, it was July probably. Mm -hmm. And you um, talked about your work. You, so you work in the restaurant business, you own a restaurant yeah. um, and you were able to, you had a program where you were feeding the community during mm -hmm. that time when you guys were in lockdown. Um, so what, what's the update with that whole situation with your restaurant? Are you open again? Are you open for service inside? Are you, what's going on yeah. with that? So the restaurants, so in Vancouver, um, Vancouver got very lucky when it comes to the pandemic in terms of the timing of things with regards to like where spring break landed, when the borders closed. Um, there, there were kind of a number of lucky breaks. And uh, I always joke, Vancouver is a city that you move to to be by yourself. So social distancing is just Tuesday. <laughs> it didn't have to be learned. It was it was a thing that's kind of ingrained in the culture. So um, the first two phases uh, of lockdown were about two months total. Uh, and we got back up and running, I want to say early to mid-June, I think it is. Um, so we opened one of our restaurants right away. Uh, we lobbied the city to get an outdoor patio. We launched that patio program and then we opened our second restaurant again uh, as of July. So now we have two restaurants on a patio running. The program that we were doing uh, at the height of the, the closure was called the Staff Meal Initiative. And the idea behind it was uh, knowing that food insecurity was going to be um, mounting for, for many people. For some people, it, it, it was already a constant reality. Uh, if you were living in, in Vancouver, there's a spot called the downtown east side, um, which is an area uh, that, that um, features a lot of homelessness, a lot of poverty. And so food insecurity is, is high there all the, like, all the time. Um, but they were going to be families in smaller neighborhoods that that couldn't have access to food in the same way. And certainly not fresh food, you know, getting to grocery stores mm -hmm. is also hard. So the Staff Meal Initiative was built to try and make food accessible in various ways, whether that was low cost or no cost, it didn't really matter to us. Um, but as the lights turned back on and all the restaurants opened up again, we found not that food insecurity was solved, but that things started to shift. So we still have a number of... Uh, shelters that we're cooking for um, and we still have some donations that are coming in but by and large most of the patrons um, for us who were engaging in the staff meal initiative have have kind of moved on they're like 
they're now in this place where they have to figure out their own lives. They're back to work and they're dealing with childcare and they're trying to figure out if schools are opening and all that sort of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they don't really, their, their needs have shifted. Um, and so the thing that we were doing during the pandemic doesn't serve them right now. However, what it did prompt us to do uh, was to, to, to start looking at somebody to consider opening that up as a, a charitable arm of what we do. Um, and then we're now looking at a third, like a brick and mortar location to move that idea into. That's um, so awesome. Create a little like grocery cafe thing uh, that might have like a community fridge or it'll have some sort of component to give back. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome to be nimble enough to kind of have an idea like that and to launch it in the midst of chaos and then to yeah. see it now kind of growing into something that will last. I mean, yeah. that's kind of not that there are like gifts of the pandemic, but I think it is kind of forcing us all to get creative. Exactly. Here. There's there's been so much innovation and I'm lucky like I have a I have a team because it's certainly not you know it's <laughs> I do not do this on my own. This is a lot of work and it's hard work. And so I have a team and they all we all have like these different weird sort of superpowers things that we think I I always talk about it like you have things in your life that you get for free that other people it would cost you three hours to do something and I can just mm-hmm. do it uh, for whatever reason and vice versa same same is true. And so we have a team that have a lot of um, a lot of superpowers that don't cross over but that when stacked end to end make like a really clear chain. So we have somebody who's great at logistics and somebody who's like, who can shoot for the moon and somebody who can take the moon stuff and dial it into uh, a linear thought process. And, and you know, in all of it, we have a chef who is just, he's, he is like the legend that nobody knows without him. We have, we kind of have nothing. So, but when we put all of those together, what we discovered is our, our excitement around the uncertainty when we're approaching it together is very high. We, we, we kind of like in a strange way how difficult things got because it meant that we got to sort of like test our metal. Um, and we always talk about like one of the things that we first sat down and talked about was, well, we're in hospitality. We're not in restaurants, right? Like we do restaurants because we love hospitality, not the other way around. And if that's the case, what does hospitality look like when the needs are different? Right. Like just because I don't have a 50 seat restaurant serving whatever we serve, it doesn't mean that the action of being hospitable changes um, or or stops rather. It's, it just, it, it transforms into something else. Uh, And so it's been really exciting to, to kind of keep coming back to that as a thesis and say, okay, what do we do? In fact, yesterday I got a phone call from a woman uh, kind of in the middle of dinner service, very confused asking about the staff meal initiative. And one of the things that I know from my own life is it's, it's, it is very hard to ask for help. When somebody asks for help, they mean it. Right. And what she was essentially asking was, are we still up and running? It took me a long time. It took me longer than I, I, I care to admit, like to figure out what she was asking. But by the time I figured it out, I was like, oh, the staff meal initiative has closed. What do you need? Like how many weeks do you need to get through? And she said, I'm, like me and my family are probably looking at two weeks of food insecurity. And I was like, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. And so I sat my team down and I was like, what do you want to do? How do we put this together? So we have a package going out tomorrow morning, um, which is like a a really exciting thing to be able to do. Yeah. Like if you're in a position to help, help. Yeah. (laughs) It's great that you offer a lifeline like that, you know, that's devoid of the government. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like for us, we always think about it. Like, like I have a, I have a little guy and my, my business partner has three kids and like, 
I want to believe in a world where if they ask for help, their community sees them and, right. and makes good, you know? And so I will, I will model that behavior so that, so that they understand that. And so that the world can kind of like reciprocate in some ways. So That's incredible. That is incredible. Um, I guess I should have backed up a little bit though to say, you know, we know you from many, many Hallmark movies, uh, <laughs> but you also own restaurants. I yes. also, I do a bunch of things. <laughs> I, wear, I wear hats. You wear any hats. And well, I have to say it was hilarious to me. So Antonio spoke to Rachel and on her podcast and he reached out to me around the same time just because yeah. Rachel and I were both like going hard with yeah. the diversity talk. Yeah. <laughs> we were both, you know, mm-hmm. being very aggressive and um, Antonio messaged me and he goes, my name is Antonio. Um, I... I'm an actor. I've been in some Hallmark movies, like doing the introduction. And I just go, oh, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. We don't need this. Like I just watched Fashionably Yours yesterday. Like I know who you are. Yeah, That's so funny to me. This last weekend I had Hallmark on. I was doing, I was working, but I had Hallmark on. And every time I looked up, you were like on the screen, but it was a different movie. I was like, oh, Oh, there he is. It really speaks to like the different realities that I live in. Like I, I don't really think, I don't, I don't have a lot of access to the work that I do. And, and especially within the Hallmark world, like I certainly know I've done a bunch of movies, but I'm also not, I'm not the household name. I'm not the, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not Brendan Penny. <laughs> you know, like, like I get to work with Brendan. I get to work with Andrew Walker and Marcus Rosner and all my boys, but I'm always like in the back. So, so often I'm like, I don't really know if anybody knows that I'm that I keep showing up. Like I'll just I'll just keep chipping away. So it's always very nice. I logged on. I was on Instagram one day, and I can't remember who was talking. It might have been Rachel. I can't remember, but there was a Hallmark something that was going live, and I just kind of like clicked it to see what it was about. And then they both stopped, and they were like, "Hey, Antonio!" And I was like, ah. <laughs> like I couldn't. I didn't know what to do. And it was it was like really sweet and also like quickly very overwhelming. I was like, Yeah, yeah. Like, You've been made. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very nice. So I, I, I always appreciate it. And I mean, I live in a very real world. Like I'm, you know, I I've been at work this morning since eight AM and, and like specifically came home in time to do this. So my, oh, my, thank my, you. my life is swings between two two drastic differences. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, very we do appreciate much. it. And among us who live and breathe Hallmark and podcast about Hallmark, you're very record. Like we all know who you are. So <laughs> awesome. Well, I like that. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. So have you done any acting uh, since COVID started, or have you been? You know, I know things have shut down, but yeah, since COVID started, no. So right before, um, <clears throat> right before we shut down, I was shooting. I shot the pilot for Mighty Ducks for Disney. <sighs> Oh yeah, God. they're doing a little, a little bring it back. Um, Wait a minute. Uh, our, yeah. our co-host Erica is going to be so excited. She's going to be, be so mad so she missed this good. episode. Oh. Sorry, Erica. Sorry, Erica. <laughs> big Sorry, Ducks Erica. <laughs> well, there are some true winners in uh, the new Mighty Ducks. Um, I think I can say a little bit because it's like they've already released stuff on Variety and stuff, but it's um, they're essentially looking at it from like they've just kept going with the storyline. So the Mighty Ducks are now the big team and all the kids play for the Mighty Ducks. So you're looking at a very different version whereas the Mighty Ducks were originally like these like ragtag, you know, underdogs. Yeah. Yeah. 
they're now they're now the 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 heavy hitters, which is pretty cool. And it's got like, I mean, for me, I nerded out on set because Dylan Playfair's in it. I don't know if you know Dylan Playfair. He is mm-hmm. uh he's in Letterkenny, among a million other things, but for me, he's in Letterkenny. And like if you're not watching Letterkenny, if you want to get to know small town Canada, just oh, really? tune into Letterkenny. They get I it right. Between <laughs> Letterkenny and Shit's so Creek, it's accurate. Oh my god, I love yeah. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. So Shit's Creek is very Canadian. Letterkenny is very rural Canadian. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. I gotta funny, watch but, it. Uh, yeah, he's in it. And um, Lauren uh, from Gilmore Girls. and um, Oh, Lauren and, Graham? Yeah, she's wow. she's a mom. And and like the, the adults don't matter, right? I yeah, play yeah. whatever, some dad. It's all about the kids. Uh, I, there's a kid There's a kid on it named Max who is hands down the funniest kid I've met in real life. And I didn't know anything about him. Um, before seeing it so I kind of walked into a room and was like who is this he's like Chris Farley reborn <laughs> in a 10 ah, year old it's yes! the kid's amazing he's amazing I'm here for everything he does for the rest of his life <laughs> like, oh my god I can't awesome. wait to watch all of the mighty ducks <laughs> yeah it's gonna be pretty rad so we were just booting that up we did the pilot and then the pandemic happened it shut down and then I just got a call like the other day that they're they're gearing back up um, and you can imagine, like, Mighty Ducks is probably one of the more logistically challenging shows for them to mm-hmm. figure out. Yeah. Um, and I've spoken to, um, there's a, a, a guy who runs most of the grip teams in, in Vancouver, and he's a, a regular at my restaurant, and we chat a lot. And so he has, like, five Splinter teams that are all working, and he was going through the different protocol, because uh, Netflix is now up and running. And so he was like, protocol is intense. It's, wow. like, zones and hazmat suits and... Wow, they're, they're they're like sparing no expense to to take precautions on some of the big sets. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know what every set is going to look like, but yeah. Mighty Ducks seems to be like that. It uh, I like I had to go this morning for a COVID test, which oh really? I've never I've never had one. It's super invasive. Is it <laughs> is it still yeah. the up the nose? Because I thought yeah. they I heard that maybe Ooh. they had changed, but no. It's up the nose, but he was the doctor was explaining the brain. to me. Yeah. Yeah, so it used to be like straight into your brain, and now it's like at a straight angle. So it's like, I don't know how else to explain it. It goes in and kind of like lifts up and like hits something in the back of your nose that life isn't supposed to touch. (laughs) It's not even that it hurts. It's just you have a moment where you're like, oh, ah, ah, I don't know. Okay, we're doing this. Okay, well, we know each other now. I'll see you next week. Oh my yeah. god. That is intense. It was, yeah. It was uh it was part you, of the morning. Are you gonna have oh to do gosh. them regularly too? I, I anticipate, yeah, I think so. Wow. I guess I don't know, but I'm assuming that I'm assuming that any time I'd be going to set, if it's if it's not um sequential, like if I'm not doing six days in a row, yeah, I think to start I would always have to take one. That's what oh it sounds god. like. Yeah. I mean, we should all remember when we're sitting here mm-hmm. watching all the shows that have been produced during COVID. <laughs> I think through. we should remember yeah. what uh-huh. our actors and crew are going through to bring yeah. us entertainment because that's wild. That's yeah, you wild. need some behind the scenes. Christy, <laughs> um, Christy Will Wolf, uh, who's one of the the like Hallmark star directors, she she's been posting a lot on him, her Instagram of what the behind the scenes look like, and it's like it is well worth taking a look at it's things are very different yeah but um but yeah so i haven't been on anything but uh my ducks is just about to boot back up 
and I've heard a rumblings that Christmas in Evergreen is about to go again. So. Yeah, oh, you're bringing up the topic we I have thought. been wanting to talk I about. <laughs> so are they are they creating a Hallmark utopia where they slowly bring <laughs> each actor into town and then trap them there? Basically, I in the I world. don't know, but I will tell you like they they should. And yeah. if anyone is is on that mindset, it is the writer. He yeah. is like, he is the Marvel Marvel movie maker of, yeah, of I mean, Hallmark movies. It's like the last, it'll be like the Hills for the last version, last movie. They'll pull away and it'll just be, you'll all be inside a snow globe. Just all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, let me out. Like the that would show. be that would be amazing if they like, uh, if they had the wherewithal to, to say, okay, we're going to cap it at five and that's the reveal. Yeah. Ooh incredible be so cool i'd be very excited but it's a it's a pretty stacked town yeah i, I was i was looking at it the other day because yeah. i was wondering there were a few actors that i was like how come they've never been there and then there were some actors that have been there that i just didn't realize like i was i was uh i was texting with or i was not texting with i was uh instagramming marcus rosner and then i was like i wonder why he hasn't been in it and i was like oh my god he was <laughs> <laughs> he was the other he was the helicopter dude <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it's like uh property values must be going up yeah green but like anybody from chesapeake shores couldn't be in it because the right, mom from chesapeake were... shores runs the, the 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 cafe right and so oh. she like it would be weird if one of her kids walked in and they didn't know I feel like they do that all the time in Hallmark. They do. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think we, I, I can't imagine that. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name. Andrew is his name, but he that he, Chesapeake Shores. That he, oh, Andrew Francis. Yeah, that he hasn't been there. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. He seems perfect for the town. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. He seems perfect for the town. Has he been there? I oh. can't remember. No, was yeah. he with Joe Wagner? Yeah, he was Jill's. Um, he oh, was yeah. Jill's <laughs> ex-boyfriend, or, like, or no, like they business, worked like, together. That's right. partner. Yeah, yes. that was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, good pull. It all comes back. It all comes back, man. Yeah, those ones. Well, I binged. I binged those ones because I was like, I need to know what's happening in this town. <laughs> Nobody really knows, though. I mean, that's no the fun. Really yeah. Oh, no. there's a lot going on in there's that town. A lot. <laughs> But we, our dream for this next one is that it's about you and Rukia. Mm -hmm. So we want. So that's our I'll, dream. I know I'll you can't really talk universe. about it, but I, I am I, but straight up. It out I don't there. know. I I legitimately do not know. I I was messaging with the writer the other day. He gave me no Easter eggs. He Man. said he was just like I'm. I'm furiously working on on Christmas Evergreen Four and. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I feel as though it would be very reasonable to feature us in some way. It it feels also like it has to surround Holly and Colin. Yeah, yeah. Like there's got to be a wedding, right? Like so, it's going to be a Christmas wedding in some way, shape, or form. I'm I'm assuming, or maybe some version of it, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, I just we know like have... from where it ended, those are the two. Those are the two like open threads. Right. Well, we have, um, we do a bracket every year. Yeah, that's, where how we, we, that's how we started this all as we do yeah, a amazing. bracket. And we, so we pit Hallmark movies against each other, purely based on like the synopsis. We, re, we right. read the synopses in October and we're like, all right, 
Christmas and Evergreen's going to be against whatever Merry Christmas yeah, small Lodge. town movie yeah. exactly. <laughs> and um, in our last episode, I was basically screaming that Christmas and Evergreen doesn't make the bracket unless it's you and Rukia, unless it's your movie or yeah. HRP's movie. I was like, if that if that doesn't happen, you're off the bracket. Yeah. So I support that. <laughs> we yeah. took support, a very strong everybody. stance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we have Hallmark shaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I always wonder, I'm like, do they know what's happening down here? They don't have a clue. No. Well, I mean, they do a bracket now, so I mean Oh, maybe they maybe they do then. But they're also using HRP and Rukia as the promo stills. Exactly. So that's yeah. That's what made either good or suspect. We don't know. You know. Yeah, it could be suspect as in like as in like they did not ask and they're just like, I don't know, you're people of color, let's put you up there. But mm -hmm. I, I have to believe that with, with the way things have been going, with the changes that are happening, there's 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 just more to it. There has yeah. to be. It would be it would be such a miss. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If you walked in to that with the two of them on all the current promos. And then it's a story about whatever, Jill Someone and Ashley. Else. Yeah. Not that they I mean, shouldn't be there. They should be there, but, mm -hmm. you know, and can it, you it feels also, like it has to center. Can you also just picture, like, we're at a wedding whose wedding we don't know, yours and Rukia's, mm -hmm. HRP's, we don't know. But how beautiful would it be to, like, see that wedding and to have all of these other couples who have been in the movie yeah. surrounding them, all of these white couples surrounding right? them. Like, yeah. think of how wonderful that that would be that for 30 seconds they're the supporting characters like Ashley amazing. Williams yeah. and Jill Wagner yeah. who we love and adore and it, I yeah. mean, they'd be down. They'd be down They would totally it. be down. Ashley, the first, Ashley is, in fact, um, one of the first people to, like, stand up and make space. To, to like check her own her own privilege and go like right i am a white woman with a lot of privilege okay what do i do with this platform uh we love she's her. my queen <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know her a little bit i know her sister um like better mm -hmm. uh but they're, like they're just they're cut from the same cloth they're just like super quality humans that's good to like, hear. i reached out to kim to ask to ask questions around this when 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 uh, sort of BLM was right at the forefront, because um, you know Kim is the person with the biggest profile that I could think of, and she's also the person with the biggest heart that I have I have direct access to, uh, and so I sent her a quick message, and she was like, "Yes, I'm with you. Call my sister." I was like, "Is that <laughs> weird?" She was like, "No, just phone my sister." I was like, okay. <laughs> so, Call Ashley yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And again, because I live in these weird, like these these competing worlds, I have mm -hmm. kind of maybe the same reaction that you would have when you hear that. You're like, Paul Ashley Williams. It just seems like a bridge too far. But and then it's like, know. oh wait, we are peers. It wouldn't we be peers. totally weird. Yeah. And yeah. more importantly, she's just like she's just a normal person. She's yeah. got she's got kids and a partner and a life, and she happens to do this job that you know we we lump a lot of love onto but you know, she could have been an accountant who knows i feel oh. like we we think that you all know each other by the way oh, yeah we like, do oh, of course they we all assume that you're all friends yeah we're all having yeah. thanksgiving dinner together yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish i think that some i think that some are and certainly yeah. like uh, among the sets that i've that i've been on and uh and the shows like th theater plays and whatnot that i've done like 
Hallmark does lend itself to people becoming friends. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, given that it's so quick, given that like you might be around someone for three weeks, I, I do think that usually there are the right pieces in place that, that there are good people in the room. You know, you're, you're surrounded yeah. by either like-minded folk or just, just people like you. Um, and I've, I've, I've personally always been surprised because I have a tendency as a person to kind of like, like not take up too much space and defer to what's, what's happening and just sort of go like, eh, um, I can just be a part of this world. I don't need to, I don't need to be the focus of something that people in Hallmark who, who typically are used to being ones and twos are some of the most generous space makers around. Like, you know, Taylor, Taylor, you'll never be around Taylor Cole where you don't feel like you are seen and you are heard and you matter. Oh, it's just like, it's just who she is. Yeah. And she's just one example. There's like, there's so many that just are that are like that. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's something in the model that, that brings in, it's like, we don't deal with bad people. <laughs> yeah. And they don't last. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps that's it actually, mm -hmm. is that they, they, they enter in and they're like, no, nope, you don't make the cut. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we first talked, when we first connected, um, it was a very interesting time because George Floyd had just been murdered. Ahmaud Arbery was, you know, that video had surfaced and Breonna yeah. Taylor had just been murdered. And it was a very, tensions were high. It was a very emotional time. And it had us kind of questioning everything. And we did yeah. the episode you listened to of our show. We did a yep. Black Lives Matter episode. And like, we were very much like, do we keep doing this? I mean, right. are we part of the problem mm -hmm. if we are still supporting this network and doing this? Like a yeah. full on crisis on the podcast. Full on crisis. Yeah. yeah. Full on crisis. I it was. I yeah. And I appreciated listening yeah. to it. A second time in one year too, because Zola. Yeah. Right after crisis. Zola, yeah, yeah we had two yep. crises. And it's like always how... Mel who asks the question. She's like, "So are we done? Like, <laughs> tell me, are we done?" I think are it's a very fair this? question. Yeah. I've asked that question a couple of times. Like, like, do I keep doing this? Am I am I in the wrong for being a part of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it you know was a really tough time um, on every level, and. The thing I loved most about what you, you said a lot of things that I really loved on Rachel's podcast, on the Hallmarkies podcast, but the thing that really stuck with me the most and the thing that I appreciated and resonated the most was when you said, you know, you can't solve a black, quote, black people problem with a bunch mm -hmm. of white people. Yeah. And that's what stuck with me because I was like, that's it exactly. We that's you it. can't you can't put the casting band-aid on something when all the execs are white and all of the and they're the ones who are they're the ones who have the final say on yeah, all they're of They're setting this. the agenda. Exactly. Yeah. And so and, and even if they're all the, the most well intentioned people and they're trying so hard. Right, exactly. They, they don't have a lived experience to bring to the table. So there's there's no you know, uh, in, in, in sort of my circles, we talk a lot about harm reduction. It's like, there's no way for you to guarantee harm reduction because you don't know harm. Exactly. You just don't. Exactly. And, you know, when you said that, I was like, man, I really like that sentiment. I doubt we'll ever see that happen. I won't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. The and then way. lo and behold, a month later, Hallmark called our bluff. Can you believe yeah. it? Mm -hmm. 
they can swung you believe so it. big. They swung yeah. so big. So how did you first find out about the Wanya Lucas news about Ooh. her being hired as the new CEO? And what was Twitter. your reaction to that? Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I found out about it just kind of like in the same way anyone else would. Twitter. And I think the first person either who messaged me or I messaged was Rakia. Um, oh. And we, we just quickly had a, a back and forth about it to sort of say like, this is amazing. What does it mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, like I, I, I will always support uh, people moving in a direction that invites people into the, the fold and into the conversation. Um, but I, I, I am also a bit of like a, a bit of a reservationist. Like I will, I will reserve my true excitement to see what the person unfolds. Like, what is your platform? What is your agenda? Um, and I said, I said earlier while we were chatting, you know, like a good friend of mine once said, like, don't mistake, um, don't mistake a black face for a black agenda, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like, j- just just because they are a person of color or a woman of color, it doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to be able to show up for you in that way. And yet, I will say, when I saw it, I I had put together my own my own thing to approach the network with to say here are nine tangible things that you can look at over the next 10 years just put that in perspective i was like i was i was offering to pitch a 10-year plan uh to start looking at changing the practices some of them quickly like casting but moving into uh you know like um a program that can mentor directors, a program that can mentor producers so that we can start to fill the room with, with faces and voices, writers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that everybody who is creating the content looks like the content they're creating. And they swung so big, uh, you know, for them, they were like 10 years. That feels like a lot of work. Why don't we just hire one person? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, and you know, obviously their choice has nothing to do with me, regardless of how, I, how many times I frame it for myself. Um, they, they swung so big and, I remember seeing it and reading the messages on Twitter because that was my first currency and being overwhelmed both by the support and the few like really hateful naysayers. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny is that I tend to read the naysayers as a way to understand the support. Um, I had a teacher who once said to me like, like, you can't accept the good accolades without believing that the bad ones are true as well. Right? So if you get off stage and someone says great performance and someone says you were terrible, you either take neither or you take both, but you don't get to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And, and so reading Twitter, it was actually really exciting to me to read the things that people were saying that were negative because it allowed me to understand what the fear was. It wasn't that it was pushback. It was fear. It was a yep. fear of from a group of people who were afraid that they weren't going to be welcomed, that they weren't mm-hmm. going to get to show up. Right. They, they, they were, it was a fear of a reversal, which is right. to say we have for so long built walls around a product and said, you can't come in. Are you going to do that to us? Um, and I think that that fear is is pretty pervasive. Like you, you see it at every level. Uh, and certainly on that day, I saw it on Twitter, but it, it made me look at this and 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 truly be filled with like not only hope, but pride around now being part of a network that at the very least looking forward, I could say with integrity, I get to show up and mm-hmm. be seen. And I get to I get to be on that and know that um, family members who look like me, peers, friends, can can show up for me and feel as though they're seen while seeing me in this work. You know, all of a sudden like like her appointment feels like it offered a lot of integrity. Um, and certainly in the days and weeks and months uh, since 
her appointment, we're seeing Hallmark do things differently. Right. Yeah. There's no, you know, like there's, it doesn't feel like there's the same question mark that I might have had on day one. Um, even though my question mark came with like a cheerleading pom-pom, it was still a question mark. Right. Like, yeah. Prove it. Yeah, I really felt like, I mean, the way we talked about it for so long that if we're like, if Hallmark ever does anything progressive, it's just going to be a slow trickle. But now it yeah. just feels like they're just like, nope, here it is. Like, yeah. Every, like, and frankly, like smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it like strategically, if, if you kind of look at it from a strategy point of view, whether they were thinking this or not, there's something I think much more intelligent around around choosing to be an industry leader and an industry giant when in actual fact, up until this point, they may not have been, yep. right? Like people might not look at Hallmark and Disney and say, those are peers or those are bedfellows or those are, those are um, equals. But now they can look at it and say, they made a move when it wasn't trendy. They made a move when it was difficult, mm-hmm. right? Like Disney, I think two days or three days before, um, posted Colin Kaepernick as their as their sort of voice on the inside, and he was a very smart choice, but a very safe choice, right? He's already gone to bat. They just picked somebody that was like, we can't get it wrong. It's Colin Kaepernick. He's he's he, he single handedly almost brought down the entire NFL, right? <clears throat> um, and so for them to be the next major appointment to say, we're putting a woman of color in charge mm-hmm. of all operations around Hallmark, y- you know, as time goes on, hopefully history is going to look back on that history of networks is going to look back on that and go like, that was way past progressive. That was so smart and so dangerous in a way where, where you put your pocketbook aside, Mm -hmm. knowing full well that the investment in multiculturalism and diversity and inclusivity would, would triple your audience. Yep. Yeah. I think it will. I hope it will, but I think it will. I think you're right. And I think that, you know, um, one thing that Rachel from the Hallmarkies podcast always says and reminds me and all of us is that this isn't a Hallmark problem. This is an industry problem. And I think you're exactly right. Like here Hallmark comes, Crown Media has a black woman as a CEO. Like let's look around at the other big networks. Who else is doing, who else is making that big of a move? Exactly. So, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think that they are kind of, for once finally taking the lead and also kind of stepping mm-hmm. into their power. Like they, exactly. yeah. they Absolutely. are a very powerful force Absolutely. just by the sheer, like they own Christmas. Yes. They are the network that owns <laughs> Everyone's chasing Christmas. them. Yeah. And they built it. You know? And they built yeah. it. Like that yeah. is powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's, and for that reason, with great power comes great responsibility. Yep. <laughs> for that reason, it's wonderful to see them finally kind of accepting that instead of yeah. cowering. It's like, why are yes. you acting like you're some little, you know, this tiny like mom like and pop shop? Exactly. Yeah. Like you player. own Christmas. Exactly. And, and the, the other side of that from, again, from a strategy point of view, and I think I, I chat about this with, with Rachel, is that you you own Christmas, you know that everyone is chasing you for what Christmas is coded as, that's finite. That race is always going to exist. And as long as you can stay ahead of them, you'll stay ahead of them. Eventually people are gonna nip at your heels. But you have, there is, a, there is literally a greeting card for every occasion. Mm-hmm. So, so you have endless markets to tap into. 
you have Chinese New Year, you have Hanukkah, you have Diwali, you have the, like the, the list is every single month you could be creating something that takes over an entire group, an entire demographic that's that, you know, like sweeps them up in, 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 in their fields and gets them to show up for you. And then all that's going to happen is you're a bigger industry leader that people have to chase in markets that they never even thought of making. Yep. Right. Yep. Like it, it, again, like just from a business point of view, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Right. There's, you'd be leaving on the, like you'd be leaving money on the table otherwise. Yep. I was going to say that, it, that stepping into power is so it just feels like they went from, we can't hurt the brand. Our brand is silence. Our brand is falling oh. line. Our brand is everything's happy, hunky dory, cheery to no, apolitical to just like, they're just like, nope, we're taking mm. a stance and we're saying we're going, for we, it. we're going for it. And I got to respect them for that. Like, I mean, absolutely. It's yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm without words half the time. I'm proud. Like I never thought that I would equate <laughs> pride and working <laughs> for this company. I didn't like, it just didn't occur to me because I, because I have, I've been on sets where I've had really like, like bad experiences and and realized that my voice didn't matter and nobody was there for me and that this was just what they were creating and I could take it or leave it and I'd be replaced. And so for the first time it feels like, no, I get to show up and and you're 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 choosing to see me. And you're mm -hmm. choosing to uh welcome what you see rather than contextualize it. And you get to show up as your full self, not yes part not half not three quarters the whole thing and that exactly. i mean i mean that's what at the end of the day that's what all of this is about guys like we people just want to show up in the world as their whole selves and yep. to be accepted for it and to not feel like they are a threat or less than worthy i mean that's that's what we're all screaming about right now you exactly. know exactly yeah there's such a there there honestly is such a push in in many different facets to um, return people to that reduced three fifths of a person to deny them voting. Right. Right. Like that's like, if, if, if we look at this as a series of a series of events related to contract law, that's it. It's how do you take people out of their power? Mm -hmm. um, and so this is what we're screaming about. Like I, I exist as a whole person. You, you don't get to have part of me. Right. Um, and it truly feels, you know, at the time that, that you and I got in touch, that I, that I, I reached out to say, like, like, please, please, can we be friends? Um, <laughs> it, 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 like, collectively, it felt like we were, we, all, like, all BIPOC folks were done. We were done. We we're like, nope, I'm not making this easy anymore. I'm not making this comfortable. I'm not making space for you. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm this may not this stance may not work out for me but i will tell you what hasn't worked out for me is playing the game right i'm like we're tired hasn't yeah we're tired i'm done with this like I, I i have nothing left um and and what's interesting is like it was like a silent agreement right there was yeah, no memo totally memo. no there was, memo there was nothing no and everyone flipped the switch very quickly like the conversations yep. changed immediately yeah. and you know I, I'm just, I'm grateful that people are listening and I'm grateful that 
Hallmark was apparently listening because yeah. that I did not see coming and was having yeah. a full, I mean, cause listen, sometimes when I'm watching these movies, I'm like, I am about, I'm going to get my black card revoked for continuing, <laughs> for continuing to watch and support these movies with no people of color like that's just yeah. how it felt like as much as i loved them and you guys know anyone who's listened to this podcast knows i love a hallmark movie and if yeah. i love something i love it hard but there were moments where i was like i i i don't know if i can do it yeah and... i was the same thing i'd be the only i literally had someone on set when or one of my early days and she meant well but boy was it a, a moment when oh so you're the one and i was excuse me she's like oh they're just there aren't very many people of color on hallmark sets and i was like that's how that came out okay okay i got it i'll be back <laughs> and went for a walk like <sighs> but it was that it was that clear right like yeah so i felt the same thing i was like i've been on set sometimes i've been like do i get to show up with my boys and tell them what i've been doing <laughs> <laughs> like does this go well yeah i don't think it does I mean, it's just, again, to feel not fully yourself and to not mm. feel, almost to not feel human. It's like, am I a, yeah. a human in this world? Like, I never see my experience shown on these movies. Yep. Am I, do I matter? Do I count? Do I even mm. exist? Yeah. And I cannot tell you how validating it was to kind of see Wanya Lucas be hired and to see that they took a big swing yeah. and have stood by it you know like yeah. I've even seen Hallmark Channel in these mentions more than I've ever seen them before yeah. like when people say some hateful things like yep. before they would up. turn a blind eye exactly before they would really turn a blind eye now they are very nicely they are yeah. saying you know we this is what we stand behind this is exactly we stand behind yeah. this new direction we want to show love that everyone deserves love and everyone deserves a happy life and a ha their own happily ever after and deal with it it's not going anywhere and that has been yeah. really affirming yeah i i agree it's um and i'm i you know Aside from the appointment of Wanya Lucas, I wonder, and I had this same curiosity when they posted their, their, their message in support of Black Lives Matter. I was like, in order to be able to write that, someone has to believe it. Mm -hmm. Everyone didn't believe it, and that was the problem, right? The, the, the problem, the reason it came off as tone deaf at the time is that it took no accountability for their actions leading up to the day that they posted it. There was exactly. no, like they, they, they denied complicity. They denied complacency around, around you know, vocalizing something. Um, and yet I read it and I was like, if you have the capacity to write this, it means that someone, even if it's like an intern copywriter, someone knows the truth, right? right? Someone knows where the bodies are buried and they're, they're like, we're gonna expose this. So um, yeah, there's, yeah. In that, in that at least there's something, there was something hopeful. Right. And I mean, look at us now. <laughs> look at us now, finally. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see how this, uh, and it's funny that this, you know, we, we were talking a little bit earlier about like um, the opportunity and the creativity that happens within a pandemic. And, and you, you sort of go like, what a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. We're without a CEO, 
So you didn't have to let anyone go. You were in the middle of a pandemic. So all of your operations were shut down. And then there was a civil rights movement. If ever there was a time to be poised to pivot, it just landed in your lap. Yep. You know, and full credit for seeing it and taking it, but wow. You know, there are a lot of theater companies. Um, I'm originally from Toronto and I've been following what's happening with theater companies in Toronto. So there's a lot of theater companies in Toronto where the artistic directors are stepping down. And it's a pretty big move and a pretty bold move for these people who have held these powerful positions. And they're stepping down to make space. They're stepping down because what they recognize for some of them who have articulated this is I'm not the right person to be leading this, even though artistically I am excellent, and many of them mm-hmm. are. I don't represent the community well enough. There's someone right. better and I'm urging the board of directors to find a better appointment. And, and there are people who are like, I'll, you know, like I will stay on to help the transition and da, 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 da. But it's a, you know, it would take somebody, you know, if we look at other networks, I don't know who's in charge of like whatever, NBC or ABC or something like that, but it would take somebody having to step down in mm-hmm. order to make space. And mm-hmm. so Hallmark was really just like in this pretty clutch position to say like, we don't have anyone in the top seat. Yep. What what can we do? Yep. What are the options? Do we want to rebrand? And I also think it was really um a, they were also uniquely positioned because a lot of times um and there have been, you know, articles written about this. A lot of times you will see a company knowing that they need to make a change, knowing that they need to hire a person of color, but they do yeah. it on the down swing they do it you know like because they're kind of like well we're going to take this big swing now because we're already failing they will either sink or swim and if they fail it's their fault Mm -hmm. and if things go really well then we look great because we hired a person of color to run our company and it's it's very, it's complicated, right? Because you want the representation, but you also yep. want everyone to have a fair chance and to be put in a, in a position to succeed. Yeah, to not and, be saddled with it. Exactly. And that doesn't always happen. Like, yeah. you know, we've seen this before in entertainment. And I think that what was really unique about the Wanya Lucas hiring is like, they're at the top of their game. They, yeah. There is no downswing on Hallmark right now. Like it's just not there. It's just not happening. And to make this move, you know, when they're at the top of their game, when she has a company that is doing so well that she can take some chances, that's a gift and not everybody gets it. So that made me really happy too. It's exciting. Yeah. And I think you articulated that beautifully. It is, it's, it's a gift. And, and she seems to be, somebody who knows what to do with it right Right. like she's been given a ferrari right (laughs) and and she's like oh it just so happens i can drive the shit out of this car exactly (laughs) exactly it's awesome yeah it's it's uh it it is exciting so far and like i don't know well i'm i'm watching i'm watching and waiting and i'm hoping it all lands in nice places And we also had some more exciting um, moments from Hallmark, some more exciting progress um, with Wedding Every Weekend. They had, we had, did you see it? I did not see it. I did not have access to it, no. Oh, man. Missed it. I'll catch it. It's going to be on W Network at some point, and that's where I'll watch it. Uh You will 
be very happy. It, you know, there's a moment where two women are getting married and they kiss. And I mean, Mel took a picture because, so we can't gather together here in Los Angeles, but we did gather on zoom to watch the movie together (laughs) because it felt momentous. Yeah. And Mel took a picture of me herself and Erica at the moment when the couple kissed and we are all cheering all huge grins on our face Mm -hmm. so excited I mean and shocked and shocked completely shocked but what was your reaction to that like what was your reaction to that and that huge step forward that wasn't like yeah that was really exciting so I found out about it before it aired because I had a friend who auditioned for it um, to to oh. to be one of those two women, um, and so I helped her with a self tape, and I was reading it, and I was like, "What is this? Is this <laughs> There's no way this is Hallmark." I was like, "That's just not happening," and um, yeah, and I and and I, I I Paul lives in Vancouver, so I know I we we share very similar circles, so I knew that he was working, he was um, gearing up to do something before the pandemic happened. And so when the lights came back on, that's what he was on set for. And I was like, oh, and I, I kind of like put two and two together and realized what it was. Um, and, uh, and my friend, uh, Brandy Alexander, who was in Darrow and Darrow, uh, was one of the couples with Jamie Calica, who's another Vancouver actor. Uh, and so I, I, I kind of had like little bits and bobs of going like, huh, this movie looks like it has legs. <laughs> um, but I really found out about it on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Because although I saw it air, I also follow Paul, and I think Paul is uh, one of the funnier people that you can come across in real life. And my Twitter started blowing up with Paul responding to hate mail, and um, that was like the funnest week that I've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it Watching was great. Paul just absolutely rip uh, rip people for their hate um, mm-hmm. using for the most part, wit and comedy and, mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, I talk about, I talk about the Teflon, the Teflon of privilege. When you are of the dominant culture, it is very hard to get something to stick to you. It's, yep. you know, like there, there is an insult that can really take him down. Um, uh, and, and he also happens to be like, you know, a super well and, and deservingly beloved Hallmarky, Hallstar uh, <laughs> MVP, like, you know, he is, he is, he is like the the fan favorite, but um, I was, if I separate those two events, I was thrilled to see that Hallmark had put up a film where they didn't cut away from something that was going to make people uncomfortable um, unduly for the wrong reasons, right? Right. Like if someone's uncomfortable because they are uncomfortable with their life choices and with their like either hateful or bigoted views, I don't, think that the network needs to bend for that um and so to to be able to play out those scenes fully because it's a wedding we all know how weddings go right uh, is like in, incredibly magical and then the the gift that they got is that paul was the one who took who who bore the brunt of most of the damage um one of my favorite tweets from paul actually uh he, he write he wrote something like uh I will not stand for hate speech. Um, I will not. I will not stand for hate speech of any of any sort. In fact, just this morning, I was shaving my beard, and my kid said, 
I hate your face and you should see the tweet I have lined up for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's, so, it's so beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, and he, he really got, uh, he was really underneath it at some point. And I know like <laughs> that gets hard and he, he definitely like pushed back and was like, you guys are, you guys can go. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, if I, if I now reintegrate those two events, I feel like Hallmark absolutely nailed it with that movie. If it is in any way indicative of like the thesis that is to come, which is to say people are going to show up. People, people live amongst each other in the real world. This is the real world. We're in the business of showing the real world, like buckle up. Yeah. And I think something you said on the Hallmarkies podcast that also stuck with me was you were like, of course, there's going to be when you make these big changes, of course, there's going to be blowback and Mm -hmm. like people are going to have an intense reaction initially, but you can't really judge the success of something or the, you know, potential of something from that initial uproar right because like people are gonna like people who are like you said have bigoted views they are going to react this is gonna feel like a personal attack on them but like we were talking before we started recording I was like you know a lot of these people are coming back once their Christmas movies start like this is not where they gonna go exactly and you just cannot judge something Mm -hmm. by that initial controversy controversy and pushback it's just long let's see long term yeah and i guarantee you're going to diversify the audience and it's just going to be better for the brand and so many more people that are interested exactly the stories are going to get richer and deeper because they're going to be more meaningful because they come from true experiences and lived experiences you know one of the things when 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 this first happened and i i did i sent an email in um, to Hallmark, to, to, to the echo chamber. Um, and, it, and, it, and it was actually responded to, but it, I was like, look, like, like I was literally just in a movie where I was with Kat and Namisha and Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick is on the front lines of yes. BLM LA, yeah. right? Like you have the right people here having the right conversation. Trust that these are intelligent, forward thinking people that the rest of the world is looking to saying, right, that's what a voice, you know, if I look at Kendrick, that's what the voice of a liberator sounds like right now. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. And, and I don't even think he's the best of his bunch. You know what I mean? Like right. he's, he is fantastic, but he's learning from Janiyah and he's learning from Patrice and he's, you know, he has access to all these brilliant women on the front lines. And, and, and like, these are the voices of the liberators. So I, I was always like, I was like, yeah just double down and you're gonna find that the world is gonna show up for you the world's gonna show up for you because you're showing Mm -hmm. up for them you're making space your dance card is gonna be full hallmark like and we know it's hard to quit hallmark we've tried (laughs) (laughs) we just can't quit yeah we've tried and and i don't think those people actually want to right like like i said before they're they're afraid of a variety of different things yep um but fear fear is like a, a temporary intangible right like you're afraid of the you're afraid of the dark until you turn on the light and you realize that the thing that you thought was a monster was a light stand okay we get it you were spooked for a second let's move past that so i don't think those you know the, there are some some people who are super hateful who are going to leave 
Right. That is okay. Bye. Yeah. Yep. That's fine. Don't let it hit you on the way out. But also, if you'd like to come back when you start learning more, the door's open. Yeah, I know. And I remember something uh, something you said on Rachel. We always say Rachel's with the Hallmarkies podcast. <laughs> People are saying or thinking that it's like they're they're getting Hallmark taken away from them. You know, like they're yeah. losing something. They can't. Mm-hmm. Their gain is their loss. Where it's as you were saying, I know you're talking about Renee Brown, but it's like the opposite of um, of scarcity. Of scarcity is enough it's not yeah black um yeah it's not whatever you know i'm i'm obviously not as well spoken as Brene brown or you but um <laughs> nobody's as well spoken i was Brene gonna brown. say no yeah, yeah yeah no one Brene, can Brene brown talk and like Brene. Doyle. yes yes um but that, i mean that's it's it doesn't have to be that way it's not they're not losing yeah. hallmark that's it's just like it's such a narrow way to see it no, and there's no. space for everyone like yeah. I, I, you know, in, in all of my daily conversations and I'm a person who on my Instagram, I'm like, I'm like, look, you're being told to, to not ask your friends who are of color to do emotional labor for you. Ask me, call me, write me, DM me. I don't care because for me, I'm like, I need the seats at the table to be filled with people who are thinking mm-hmm. and who are, who are actively engaged. So you're right don't maybe ask your friend because the, the 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 paradigm of that relationship there might be something there that is too much i get that you don't know me write me write, write me i'll talk to you about the work <laughs> until the cows come home because that's you know like i do the work every day everyone's doing the work it doesn't matter what 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 page you're on or what chapter you're on like you you have to start somewhere and you've got to dig into it so i'm i'm here for that i'm excited to 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 open the door back to the people who mm-hmm. who ran for the hills when they were like, well, Anya Lucas, we don't need that agenda. And you're like, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Okay, I'll see you. In, True. I'll see you in December when you have nothing to watch. I know. I, I, I want those people to know, like, it, we're not doing this because we don't want you here. We're doing exactly. this because we do want you here and we want to be here with you. Exactly. And we also want to bring everybody to the party. Yeah, right. there's, there's enough Hallmark for everyone. You <laughs> know, like we... Just come. No one wants to go to a house party with four people. <laughs> no, not like, fun. Fill it up. Fill it up. Well, I've really, um, so I follow you on Instagram and I've really been, um, I love your posts and I think that they mm-hmm. have been incredibly instructive and helpful and thought provoking. And so I know that activism is really important to you. So I guess yeah. I'm wondering like, what if you were granted a meeting with Hallmark, what would you say to them? Like, what would you talk about? You don't have to give away your entire 10 year plan because <laughs> yeah. I think that they that. should exactly copyright that. And I think they should actually bring yeah. you in to talk about that. But like, what are some things it. you would like to see them do? Well, I kind of have a before and after though, because now that, now that they've brought someone in who I do mm-hmm. think is executing an agenda, I feel like there is an activist at the table. Right. And, and until I'm, until I'm like proven otherwise, I would be very, very happy to just go like, okay, run with it. Like, let's yeah. see where you go. Because I, I, and, and it's not like, there's, I say that with no ego. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, prove it to me. I'm saying you, you deserve the space mm-hmm. to, to do this without someone without someone telling you to prove it, without someone breathing down your neck, because it is hard, because there are a lot of hoops to jump through, because 
there's a board of directors because 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 you know there's there, there are things behind the scenes that none of us know um and so if i were to be if i were to walk in right now i might have questions uh mm -hmm. for someone like wanya lucas um that i'm sure she would not <laughs> answer unless they were completely off the record but i would i would honestly have questions <laughs> around like like her upbringing and what she's excited by and how mm -hmm. she sees herself in the world and you know like what story she tells about her family or what story she tells about like and and, and this is say like i know nothing about her family so really what is the story of her family how does your family show up in the world what are the hardships what are the what are the where does black privilege fit into your life and how do we bring that to the table what is your understanding of decolonizing and indigeneity like how how do all of these pieces fit into your personal narrative and then how do you how do you meet that as a business person at the table mm -hmm. because not for nothing it's a business and that's important you know like i i would be i would be lying if i if 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 i didn't say that i walk into my thoughts around hallmark as both a person of color and somebody who's excited by and enticed by the idea of doing good business. Right. So, so I would currently have those types of questions for Wanya Lucas that kind of have nothing to do with where mm -hmm. is this going, but it has more to do with like, what is your personal thesis around growth and, right. and inclusivity? Uh, what does that look like for you? What does that feel like for you? And like, how do you know when you've got it right? Um, is that metric? Is it audience numbers going up? Is it emotional? Like, are you a person mm -hmm. who is who is an empath or who is intuitive and you can feel you, like something punctures you? Um, are you, you know, like, do, do you kind of like read the room and be able to look at statistics and say, well, 20% of the room is this, 10% is that, 30% is that, therefore I'm doing it right? Like, what does it look like to you? Um, that's certainly like if I was granted. <laughs> Sorry, my dog um, is. No, that's okay. He's agreeing. He, yeah, he has, he has thoughts. He's like, I got to get in on this. Um, certainly if I was granted any type of conversation with her uh, where I was, where I was invited, because I, I certainly want to want to like trample all over somebody's good work, but where I was invited to have a conversation and to, to be able to ask questions, I think that I would shy away from asking questions about where's the brand going. And mm -hmm. I would, I would zero in on her, her personal thesis and the opportunity for 2021 and 2022 and 2023 like what can we offer the next the next generation below us based on the type of work that we're we're modeling for them um because you know not for nothing if if my kid doesn't see himself in something he, he might not he's not going to know where he fits in the world pop culture right. informs so much of the the way in which we understand where we can and can't go what we can and can't do who we can and can't date like all of these are are tucked in there so um i would have questions i have questions in that world now prior to this i i, I literally had a <laughs> i literally had a plan. powerpoint presentation <laughs> yeah yeah that was complete with like if you're going to be in vancouver what would it mean to work with the vancouver film commission to create um diversity and inclusivity tax breaks right like what would a percentage look like with uh because everybody like at that level in a government system system everyone wants to be a savior right like like mm -hmm. there's 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 no real win in those jobs necessarily outside of public appreciation and right. so i would want to I would want to come to the table with Hallmark and come to the table with the Vancouver Film Commission and with the unions and sort of say like could we could we find some active recompense 
for this type of casting, for these types of crews? Uh, could we build something that, that develops a mentorship between young producers and veteran producers and, you know, like different directors of either of color or not of color so that we can build the pool? Because um, I think that's the biggest thing is like, there is a pool that everyone is swimming in and a lot of us are not invited into it. Uh, and, and, you know, I always butcher this analogy because it's not mine. A friend came up with it, but he's like, you know, that, that pool is the, is, is the dominant culture of whiteness and you may not have built it, but you swim in it. You have a pool pass and you have to own the fact that you get to get in and out of that pool. And the best thing that you can start to do is bring people into the pool with you fill the pool up so we can start to see what it looks like when other people swim and what it looks like when different bodies are 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 in this space together because we'll get different information so 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 pre Wanya lucas <laughs> that's the direction i would go kind of like post her appointment i would i would really just want to pick her brain it's interesting that you mentioned that because when we were first talking about her hiring i said i would love to read an interview with her or see yeah. an interview with her yeah. because my question my first question the first thing i thought when i read the news was why this job and why now yeah. you know now? like mm -hmm. she had a good job in atlanta mm -hmm. and yep. you know I i'm sure she had opportunities and um choices why mm. Hallmark? Like, I'm very yep. interested in that kind of personal decision of like, why yeah. this network? Why now? So I, I totally agree. Like, I have a million questions about her yeah. personally. And I also think there's something to Hallmark about the personal, right? Like, yes. we, for all, exactly, yeah. for all of Bill Abbott's faults, like, mm you knew him as this figure like what exactly. other head of a network do you know you know yeah. his dog like you yeah. know his dog yeah. his dog's in the freaking ads on hallmark and he's active on twitter and like the one million moms knew that they could get him on the phone yeah. like Entirely. that yeah. is a person like there is a personal relationship there so i think for hallmark that piece is kind of important so i yeah. i can't wait to hear from her the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that she must have been offered uh an amount of veto that mm -hmm. that is like it, it, i think i say conspiracy theorist like if i was in that position mm -hmm. i wouldn't be able to come to the network unless i had the opportunity to say nope we're going this way yeah and, and there's no pushback and i know that she has someone above her and then above that there's the board so Maybe it doesn't work that way, but I, I do think like there are like it's all just contracts. So what's in your contract? Is is there a version of the contract where where within reason it's on her? And and I think like that would be a great reason to 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 change jobs, to take this job, to say why Hallmark? Because there is mm -hmm. so much room for growth, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you gave me the keys to the castle and you said you could you can drive this however you want, yeah. Well, there's so much gray. There's just so much, there's so much uncharted, uncharted water. She could so really I, make her mark. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of why I, I, I use the word thesis, right? Like what's your personal thesis? Um, right. Because over the course of your career, you, there's, there's clearly something that you're in this for. And I don't mean in it for like you want to get, but like, yeah success looks like something to you, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you, you have dreamt up a, 
a possible outcome of, of how this job could fulfill you. And for me, there's the possibility that the emptiness within Hallmark, right? Like there's this deep emptiness yeah. where it's just one type of people having one type of story. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. There's, it's, it, there's like, there's almost like a, a weird bankruptcy in there where you look around and you're like, this can't, it's, it's like Pleasantville, but yeah, like everybody's having a snowball less. fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I would think someone like that would just see that where, where, where one person might see the flaw in that somebody else sees the opportunity. Right. Yeah. He's the space to go. I can paint that wall pink and that one could be blue and like, not for nothing. That ground should be yellow and let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. yeah. And she can make a difference. I mean, yeah. Reaches a lot of homes. Yeah. And a lot so, of different yeah. types of people. That's a, that is a great question. That is, that, that is kind of my, my <laughs> long winded divided into two sections answer. Well, well, I hope you get the chance one day. I know. Me too. Me too. Who knows? Um, I'm in it, so we'll see, but it's always, yeah, it's always, you know, I would, I would, I would absolutely love to be a number one uh, with somebody on something, doing something. Who knows? Maybe Ruki and I will get to like take a swing at something one day. That'd be pretty rad. We're pushing for it. We are. And if they don't, it's just such a missed opportunity. (laughs) If, cause like Mel always talks about how much we love all of the supporting characters. Yeah. Like yeah. They're, all, they're part of the family. Like to us, they are ones and twos, you know, like completely. We don't need I appreciate any- that. Yeah. There are so many people that should get, you know, love that don't. There's a, there's a, there's an actor in Vancouver named Cardi, Cardi Wong. We love, love Cardi. Oh my God. I talk about Cardi Amazing. all the time. <laughs> I, I don't like, know him why personally. Why is Cardi's like, movie? Yeah. Right. Like, I, and again, I don't know him personally. In fact, um, uh, my writer friend was the one who put me onto him. So I went and like looked up his stuff and then I, I like Instagram followed him on Instagram and I was like, Oh, we have a million of the same friends. I was like, not for nothing. That guy is great. He's great. <laughs> or like yeah. Latanya. I got, you know, I'm always married to Latanya. Latanya's another like, she's just like, she's great at what she does. Like there's, anyways, there's a lot. There are, there are a lot of people that kind of live in this supporting world. Yeah. That I, I just wish, you know, I just wish there could be a story about them because they're worth stories. They're worth mm-hmm. stories. We, we were talking about that in our last podcast, or at least at some point recently. How hard is it to make the jump from support with Hallmark? Like, do you kind of get pigeonholed or? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made the jump, so I can't talk to you about that. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm that doesn't like, seem like many people do, honestly. We, no, we've been yeah. watching these movies for years and. Um, so, so Donna Benedicto will, will, I believe, make the jump like this year okay i'm certain of it mm-hmm. she's uh she's a star um i don't know how familiar you are with her but she is like yeah <laughs> um and then i don't know we'll see there's a there's a bunch of us that like go out for leads all the time jamie calica yeah is a, is is like a you know a very pretty pretty looking dude who i, I run into it i'll just go all the time we're the same <laughs> agents um so i i do think it's it's certainly possible mm-hmm. i I don't know many people who have made the jump from like a solid supporting to a, a straight up lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to believe it's possible. Otherwise I've hit a ceiling and I'm like, this is confusing. Yeah. Well, that's what like, we were I'm talking like, about. It's like they do yeah, these announcements. Yeah, for sure. It's like they do these announcements where they announce all these new names and they're, we're like, well, what about yeah. ones you already have? Whoa. Like you know, One like, of the names they announced. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you now if you don't know. Sneak peek. Ronnie Rowe Jr.? Like 
look out for Ronnie Rowe Jr. Ronnie Rowe Jr.? Okay. Really? Ronnie I'm Rowe's excited. legit. Google him. Google him. Stories he, on it, I can uh, tell. He's, you know, he's, he's a hometown dude. So we grew up like blocks from each other. We had a mutual best friend growing up, in fact. And I, I don't think, I don't even think we each knew that we did theater until years later. I went to go see a play that a few people I knew was in, uh, Jesus Hop the A Train, Stephen Adley Gurgis, brilliant play. And he was in it and he was like tour de force. <gasps> and, uh, and this guy, right? Are you looking he, at him? Yes. Okay. So when Hallmark announced their, um, they announced like a few of their movies and a few of the pairings. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he going to be at, yes, Jingle Bell Brides with Julie oh, Gonzalo. Yes, we okay. talked about I said that. that. I said that on title and casting alone, that was the movie I was most excited about. Like in, they look so your bracket cute as together. A yes, <laughs> right. oh, He's really it's good. going straight through. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. He has, um, on on topic, he has a movie that he did uh, by Corey Bowles um, called Black Cop that is also worth watching. Okay. It's like a one man. It's a one man show. It leans a little bit more towards theater than conventional film. Insofar mm-hmm. as like it has moments where it's a little esoteric. You get into it and you're like, oh my god! But it but they're they're chasing a feeling and they I, I think they they quite land it. Um, and there's another actress in it who doesn't doesn't get the play that she should uh, worldwide, but she's a huge theater star in Toronto, and she's like one of the best women that I've ever worked with, Sophia Walker, um, and she plays his like police counterpart. She shows up kind of late in the movie. She doesn't have a, a huge role in that, but only because the show is like Ronnie Rowe all the way. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, it's a it's a great it's a it's a very good movie, and especially like if it came out right now or resurfaced right now, a lot of people would, would have kind of head scratching moments. It, it takes the idea of police brutality and kind of inverts it, um, forcing you to see like what Ronnie wrote. Ronnie plays the cop. So you see him go through this identity crisis between him being an officer and him being a black man. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I mean, that sounds dead on yeah. for yeah. the moment yeah. we are in, the week right? we are the, having. The week that we are having. Yeah. yeah, I woke up this morning. Today, it was a heavy wake up this morning. Absolutely. Although my, my, good, news, my good news of the day, I'm a big basketball fan, and I was very, 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 I'm a, first of all, I'm a championship Toronto Raptors fan. Just yes. to get this clear. <laughs> Thank you. But um, <laughs> uh, I woke up this morning. And I've been very um, upset that basketball started again. Mm-hmm. I watch it because I'm, I have a low-key addiction to it, but um, I, I didn't feel like it was the right move to go in the bubble and start playing. And I was uh, two, di- t- two nights ago, I guess, the Raptors were the first team to say, we think we're going to boycott, except they have no games left because we swept our first round. <laughs> really good. Uh, so, the, so they didn't really have a move to make, but this morning Milwaukee out out of their first game and now, now the league is on postponement so i thought that that was a really a really pro move um and again like i'm a i'm a sucker for using your platform properly and it was just such an amazing use of the platform uh you know twitter facebook instagram kind of had like little mini meltdowns Mm -hmm. between the two factions of people who felt like they deserve to watch basketball players play and how dare you and the rest of the world (laughs) were like please get bent this is not okay right Um, 
you know, we we are we are publicly watching people get murdered, and you're you you think a basketball game is more important. In fact, you think that you're entitled to a basketball game. That's yeah. you know the crux of the problem. So I, I was really proud to be a basketball fan today. Well, and going back to our discussion about showing up as yourself fully and wholly, like mm-hmm. these are in the NBA. The majority yeah. of the employees are black men. Those are black yep. men. They They're cannot men help. Right. And they cannot help but feel and take this all very personally. And yeah. so I think that it's so reductive when people are like, I just want just dribble, just, yeah, dribble. you know, shut up and play. Yeah. Right. That's so reductive. Like these yeah. are black men who are feeling, who are seeing this and feeling it on a level that people don't understand like that it is personal and it is painful and the fact that we're expecting them to work in the first place right now is wild to me Mm -hmm. um i mean every it's crazy it's messy yeah it's it's crazy it's messy right these are these are it's what's interesting is that they're in the spotlight so these are young men who are of the same age as jacob blake as brian taylor as a lot like the age in basketball is like, if you're 40, you're, that's, that's impossible. And you're getting into the league at somewhere between 18 and 21. So it, it's, it's not even just to say that they can see themselves in it, but like they are, they are probably the best example of some of their own neighborhoods to not be that person. Right. right? Like they got out, but that's one out of however many homies they have. And you, you look at that. And the, the other thing is like, the vicarious trauma that that gets passed on through it. I was reading somebody on on one of the feeds that I was following who was basically saying like media sensationalizes it and none of the trauma that happens to an individual person is shared by a group of people. And I was like, that's a fascinating thing to be able to say when you're not of that group of people, because there's an, there's an irony built into it. You are, you are angry on behalf of your group of people you feel like you're being neglected and yet you're not willing to say, I stand with other angry white folk in this moment. Right. That, that you're the voice of a, you're, like you're in a silo, but really you're, you're like, you're a, you're a chorus of hate of people saying, please don't focus on what's happening over there because I feel less than, right? Like, like he's having this emotional moment. Um, and, and that vicarious trauma that, that all of the young basketball players are living through, which is to say they're watching, mm-hmm. they're, they're watching an atrocity on camera and they're watching it both not be punished. And then they're watching the spin of the narrative. Like it's not just them. It is anyone who identifies in any way with that, no matter where you are, that burns you. That hurts. You know, like my first reaction was I started crying. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's me. That may not be me here in Vancouver, but it's it's different here. It has a different face. It has a different name. It has a different smell, but I know what it is. Right. Racism is racism. It's right there, right? Like if it's a lived experience, it's a it's a trauma, it's a trigger, and it's, it's, it's intergenerational, right? Like mm-hmm. this was passed down from a parent. It was passed down from a grandparent. It was passed down from a people. Um, so yeah, like even even that narrative... It, you know, like the the people who are pushing back and saying like, like, <laughs> this is happening to one person. I don't know why everyone's. It's so reductive, and it's 
it, 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 it makes the, the, the frustration, the anger that you wake up with, you know, like, I don't know, you grind your teeth in the middle of the night, but I certainly do right now. <laughs> I've got a night guard. <laughs> right? I need one. Like, yeah, you got to get I, one. I need it's one a, and I, I want to be funded changer. by these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, telling it's, you, it's a life changer. It saved I me. I need it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm no joke at a point that I'm like, right, even when I rest, there's no rest. There's no rest. Like, I'm, just, yeah. I'm wound up about this because it hurts. You know, it, it hurts in ways that you can't even contextualize it. I know. Well, and it's always interesting to me that people are, you know, there's always the argument like, well, these are isolated incidences, but there's a reason why those isolated incidences turned into Hallmark hiring a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like it is all connected Mm -hmm. and you can't separate it. Like those incidences while horrible are and and brutal and violent like they shed li- they ended up shining a light on so many other injustices that maybe aren't violent that are but, maybe quieter that yeah, are more pervasive ways. but less yeah. you know flashy less sensational but there's a reason why we are seeing Wanya Lucas at the top mm-hmm. of Hallmark after mm-hmm. those murders like it oh, is yeah. all connected and how can you say it's an isolated incident when it's happening clear. every freaking day? You know, right. like, I don't know. It's, it's happening like, all the time. It's happening right. constantly. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. And it's and and the fact that it's happening every day right now isn't new. It's mm. just the irony of it is is highlighted because there are protests. Yeah. It's like there's a protest about the fact that it's happening and then it happens. And then and you, you, and you, like, you think you would chill for a minute, you know, like, yeah, like it know, just, like, it stops making sense. You're like, it, what, what? So obviously we're not actually looking for proof. That's not, that's not the problem yeah. <laughs> because we're past that. We're past everything, right? Like it, this is, this is a, a willful ignorance. This is, this mm-hmm. is a, a violence yeah, that is intentionally thing. enacted upon us. Uh, well, we got Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and not for nothing though, like, Hallmark is going to play an important role. Yeah. We just, we may not see the fruits of it for 20 years, but someone will. Yeah. Right. Like, like the simplicity of Ronnie as a lead means that there's a generation of little boys uh, and, and, and little girls who, whose parents watched that with them because Mm -hmm. it's family stuff. And, and the two of them went, this is possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's there there are kids that are watching Wedding every weekend who go, oh, I feel seen because that's me. Mm-hmm. Like that's it, you know. It's gonna miss us, but it's the next. <laughs> I hope so. I hope the so. next gen, it will. It will. I'm. I you know for all my like frustration and and sometimes like like angry voice, I have a lot of hope. I do. You know, otherwise, if you didn't if you didn't have that hope, yeah. what would like what's left? Yeah. I mean, I know we just talked about, you know, grinding our teeth down to Mm -hmm. nothing and feeling sad and hopeless and horrible. But the truth is, like, while I'm saying all of this, at the same time, I have never been more hopeful. It's both at the same time. Like, yes, I'm frustrated and scared and angry, but I'm also incredibly hopeful. Like, I've seen things out of people in my life that I never thought I would see. I have, I have, I'm like watching little like many activists being born in a way that I could never do, but they're doing the work. Like it is just 
like people I never would have thought it. And here they are ready to like rise up and be allies and speak yeah. out. Like I've never been more hopeful ever. I've had, I've had strangers yesterday. I was like, uh, yesterday was a pretty like tough one for me. And I, I just like went on a bit of a tirade and one of, and, on, and on my Instagram, I was like, you know what, if you need me, write me. And then someone wrote me. I was like, wow. wow. That's, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think someone was going to. And I was stoked that she did. Like, I just thought I was, it, it wasn't personal. I wasn't personally moved. I wasn't like, that's so nice. I was like, this matters to you. Mm-hmm. This matters to you. You put yourself in an uncomfortable position to ask that question. Yeah. 10, 10 out of 10. Like the, the change is coming. And, you know, like, again, not for nothing. We all, we all saw the moment where people woke up. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I think I want to come to class. Like, right. Oh my God, that's <laughs> I'm ready. Really exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's really exciting. You know, and and like, and I have to say, like, this is just where I come from because I I'm I am obsessed with doing the work and with education and and all, all more than just the PR of it, the posting and the reposting and the the rah rah. Like, I I really like like digging in and going like, what is the work? Like, where are the mm-hmm. uncomfortable bits in my own life? And I go, okay, well, if people are showing up to class, let's put a curriculum together. Let's make sure that we as individuals are able to offer the first step of some sort of curriculum if we have that capacity so that it's not all for nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that because because people want support also because the easiest thing to do in life is to do nothing. So so if you give people that choice, that's what they're going to choose. Give them something to do. Well, I'm very ready to show up for class and I very much appreciate the work that you're doing on Instagram. I know we've talked about it at the beginning of this, but everybody should go follow on Instagram. Follow. And, and thank you for being willing to take the time to yeah, teach. <laughs> you know, like to my, do my that. Pleasure. To work hard. Thank and you. I mean it's so Point obvious. People in directions of yeah. people smarter than me. Yeah, and it's, it's so obvious how much you care and that you're and it's so much it's so obvious how much you like hard work, honestly. Like you're so willing yeah. to do it. Um, and that you're passionate. I do like the work. <laughs> yeah recently i moved to vancouver a few years ago and i just came i just started doing this like i put together this anti-oppression workshop for um, a large series of restaurant groups and i ended up sitting with a woman named uh, jada who is indigenous and in talking with her for about five minutes i realized i have such a massive blind spot uh mm-hmm. around indigenous culture and so like and so i was like great more work to do <laughs> yeah um you know not not shying away from it and i just the, f- the first she had mentioned a podcast so i was like that seems really easy uh, so i started to listen to two crees in a pod okay oh my gosh great. best name ever it's such a great name it has this dope hip-hop song as the intro um the two women who lead it are very smart i just listened to the first two episodes this morning hold um, on i'm writing this down yeah i need this in my life in a pod. yeah it <laughs> That's is great amazing it was yeah you know and so like the and 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 when i talk about like there's work to be done it's like i had a really nice time listening to the podcast but then i got to like i found a moment was like oh right where does that live in here like what what work do you need to undo how do you need to like where do you start to decolonize like where are your unconscious biases Mm -hmm. around indigenous culture that were just handed to me you know like right yeah I, i didn't i didn't i didn't willfully adopt them they were just part of an education system that I never thought to question Mm -hmm. something as simple as I started listening to I had another online course and I was listening to it and I was finding myself 
agitated. I was like, I don't think I like this person's voice. And then I thought, maybe I don't like the cadence. And I was like, huh, maybe I don't have access to this. Maybe I've never had access to this sound. What would that do to me if I've never had access to the sound? Mm. And not for nothing, I had to look at that and say, right, what, what do you associate with the cadence? Is it, is it a lack of education? Is it a lack of whatever, whatever was in the world? But anyways, not, not to get too micro on it, but like no, it's all that is to say is I love, I do. I like doing the work because I like mm -hmm. to know I didn't, I didn't build this. A lot of this happened by accident. And now I want to build it. I want, I want, I want to put the right things inside of it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in choosing the books that are on my library, but some of the things I have to do is go back and see what I read and go like, why is that on your library shelf? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's hateful. Mm -hmm. It's ingrained sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to see. Yeah. We ingest it. Like, you know, it's poison all around. Mm -hmm. You ingest it. It's got to come out some way. It's like eating garlic. It's like it's going to come out. <laughs> it's coming out of your pores at a certain exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we were we were going to ask uh, what's been keeping you sane during quarantine, <laughs> like what you're watching, what you're doing, but also just like if you have anything to recommend, like like this podcast you just recommended. That yeah, two keys in a pod. Yeah, you is want a new one. Um, most of what's keeping me sane, like honestly, is is split between doing the work and then, like, kind of combing through random things on Netflix and Crave and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, like Umbrella Academy, I just blew through, really exciting, and like I caught up on Good Girls. Um, but that's not that's not the real stuff. I've been blowing through audiobooks quite a bit. Yeah. So um, the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander that talks about the prison system in the United States. That was uh, a really uh, exciting and difficult one mm -hmm. uh, and again in terms of doing the work like that was a really good one to look at how people are currently treated versus um, what the systems are that force people to play by certain rules um, so I really like that one <clears throat> I'm really into books on identity so I just read mm -hmm. Austin Channing Brown's uh, I'm Still Here Mm -hmm. which is uh, a beautiful one um mixed race grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood with predominantly white friends kind of had a, a coming of blackness uh, somewhere like end of high school beginning of university and and sort of like charting her 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 change but also charting like what her relationship is to the different worlds what her relationship was to the different people in her life and 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 kind of how that affected her outlook uh and when it affected her outlook um Invisible Man Got the Whole World Watching by Michael Denzel Smith. That has been another pretty revelatory one. Um, he, uh, I mean, he talks about a lot of things. He talks about like hating Obama and loving Malcolm X, but he also talks about, um, uh, he really does. It was, it was actually the first thing in the book that I was like, do I like this guy? He's like, I, know, <laughs> I don't know that I agree with you, but actually. You're like, am I ready for this? I, I know, know, right? Yeah. I don't know he was past me, but he, one of the major things that he talks about is his love for hip hop and how hip hop leaves no space for women and no space for trans and no space for homosexuality and what mm -hmm. it means to be a man who grew up understanding the voice of a revolution and the voice of your identity in a world that actually excluded the most powerful part of your life, which in, in, in that case, and in most cases is women and specifically women of color. Um, and so I, I, uh, this is another one that I'm like, this is an amazing pod, um, an amazing book. Uh, and then a, a, 
a podcast that goes along with that one for me is called This Is Not a Drake Podcast. Um, I don't know who it's by, shamefully, and I'm only three episodes in. Episode two is kind of the gateway for me. But again, it looks at um, misogyny and transphobia in hip hop uh, through the lens of Drake as the nice guy rapper and, and kind of the fallacy of him as a nice guy rapper and they're not throwing him under the bus. They, they quite love him. And it's actually not a podcast about Drake, but it, it certainly uses his meteoric rise to success and his language mm-hmm. around women and his relationships and, and begins to ask the question of like, like, what did we give him for free that he didn't earn? How many times in history have we done that? And, and what is the actual relationship to, not to the music, but to the culture by these men and what are they perpetuating? Like, what is the story that they're passing on that the next generation is just going to kind of repeat? Um, that's a, that one's produced by the CBC. So that was a, a pretty great one also. What else? I don't know. I've gone through a lot. <laughs> I've gone through a lot. This is like, that has been weirdly my happy place is, is reading mm-hmm. about other people who have, who have found language for the, the feelings that I'm, I'm kind of going through. Some music, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a great list. Yeah, those are great recommendations. Thank you. Yeah. They're great. They're they're great books. And like specific Austin Shannon Browns and Michael Denzel Smiths are awesome. In fact, I found out I found all of them because I was watching The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and he had this um, panel discussion on defund the police. And the idea behind the panel was just what is it? Why are we talking about defund? What does it mean? What what, what does abolition look like? Uh, what's the history of it? Who are the scholars? And I think two of those people were on the panel and of the six people on the panel i've now started like combing through all of their like books and writings and online blogs and stuff because they're crazy smart the other thing that is keeping me sane oh i sorry i would be remiss if i left this out because this is like this is this is truly the best um janaya the future so janaya khan is um one of the voices one of the voices behind blm i think they originate from toronto if i'm not mistaken but they live in la i believe um, they are wedded to Patrice, who is who is the person for BLM that you would probably see most prominently featured anywhere in, in, in every like uh, interview and whatnot. And Janaya has an IGTV series called Sunday Sermon that they do every Sunday, I think at noon. And it is like lit. It is, it is, if you if you have ever spoken to someone who is smart you will quickly realize that they are enlightened. Like they have access to celestial information that you're like, I don't know where you're downloading this from, but it is well crafted. Um, and, and I truly believe they're a, they are a, a series that everybody should just be listening to right now. It is so grounding. It's so humbling. It's so inclusive. It's like, it's wow. pretty, pretty special. I can't believe I didn't lead with that. I'm sorry. Hey, That's been kind of you can, it was the headliner. It works. Yeah. And it's, I mean, thanks for that list. Cause I, I would have, you could have said the good girls and I've been like, cool. <laughs> cool, I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. Mal, what's keeping you sane? Me? Yeah. Yeah. What are you watching, reading? Oh, please. I, well, I mean, <laughs> the good girls is the one with, with Retta, right? That, the yeah. TV Retta, show? Christina Hendricks. Yeah. I live yeah. for Retta. I live for Retta. I'm obsessed I... with the bad guy in that show. I really? love him. Really? I love him. I need to watch that show. Ooh, I need to that get actor. <laughs> like, give him a phone book. I'll watch him. He's <laughs> he's electric. Um, 
I so I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but mine are usually of the celebrity memoir because I mm-hmm. need, I should be a smarter person and I'm not. But um, <laughs> I do gain a lot of knowledge from them, I suppose. But uh, I'm listening to Retta's. Oh. I think it. I think it's um, so close to being the shit, y'all. I think it's called or something <laughs> like that. And it, I love it. So it gives me joy every just listening to her stories and and I. So I highly recommend that i love her i I like her yeah yeah she's hilarious there's a whole part a whole chapter about how much she hates weddings going to weddings and it ends with her (laughs) flipping a table at a wedding (laughs) (laughs) yes rada i love it um what about you dory well i have to say this past week none other than podcast favorite dolly parton has been keeping me sane yes and i don't know if you guys saw that she came out in support of black lives matter Mm -hmm. she said it very plainly and i was like and she talked about you know a time when she made changes at dollywood because she found that they were using the word dixie and that was Mm -hmm. offending people and she was like so i changed it i don't want to hurt people's feelings like yeah that over a word you know like it's so easy yeah so i mean we love her on this podcast i have loved dolly forever (laughs) we talk about her a lot so when i saw that interview with her i was like you know what i'm gonna go back into a dolly you know deep dive Mm -hmm. so i got my spotify playlist together you know listen to the podcast listen to the podcast about her i just Mm -hmm. i love her and she brings me solace in this moment and i was also reminded of all the good she does for the community in tennessee like Mm -hmm. she has just spent millions helping fund medical research and literacy her literacy program the imagination library like (sighs) honestly like seeing someone who could have just spent her life being rich and famous and dolly parton and no one like no one would yeah. have thought anything she like raised herself out of the most impoverished background no one would blame her for just being like that's it i'm supporting my I'm family good. i'm, I'm good but yeah. it wasn't enough for her she's like i'm going to be an actress i am going to be you know an advocate i am going to help people i am going to do good she's just everything so everything dolly is keeping me sane her music mm. i rewatched dumplin the I movie dumplin. on netflix so <laughs> great it has dolly parton music it's a really great uplifting story movie. um what's the name so of the yeah. podcast again do you remember uh the dolly parton dolly parton's america i think something like that yeah that's a great podcast that's it's I'm also kind you of- watched the the netflix series what was that jolene I yes. didn't yet. You did? Okay. Yes. I love all things Dolly. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> I love it. Dolly yeah. Parton's America. Um, America. It's just, she's an inspiration. inspiration. Like when you're looking around and you're thinking, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. There's mm-hmm. always something you always can something do. There's always something you can do. There's yeah. always something you can do. And yeah. she reminds me of that because she like says it how it is. Mm-hmm. There is no bullshit in her language. Mm-hmm. It is plain, simple. We all get it. Like, that's doing something. That's doing yeah. something. So that's she's <laughs> as for many weeks in my life, Dolly has kept me sane, and this past week <laughs> is no different. <laughs> she showed up for you. She did. Like <laughs> she that. always shows up when I need her. She doesn't even know. No. Well, 
I don't know. Should we wrap it up? Say thank you so much for talking to, with us, and I, especially oh, after a pleasure. long work day. And, and oh, well, this willing. is this is the highlight of the day. Are you kidding? Oh, I was like oh. <laughs> work is work is work. This is real. I like. I mean, I like talking. <laughs> yeah, I well, really appreciate you. The work you're doing, the advocacy you're doing, um, and your openness and your willingness to help, it's all really inspiring. So thank you so much for joining us. You gave us so much great information. Anytime you want to come back. Anytime. Listen, whatever's going on, just message me. I'm in. For for someone who has a bunch going on, I have nothing going on. I always have time. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also, I'm also so grateful to you that you, um, I know you knew who I was, but that you responded to me <laughs> with such kindness and such openness. When I wrote to you, I was I, like, we, weirdly, in that moment, you were this like, real breath of fresh air, where I thought, I'm, I'm stuck in something. And I don't know what it's supposed to look like mm-hmm. uh i don't know what coming out of it might look like and i don't know i don't i in that moment i truly can say i didn't have anyone who i felt had a similar struggle happening and i and i like blindly reached out and i was like this this feels like it might add up and so when you responded i was like oh my it was it was so heartening to me um to find uh a, a, a kindred experience a kindred struggle between caring so much about something on one hand and also needing having no choice but to show up as who you are and what you are where you are like those those two things don't separate i am what i am and you are what you are and we're these beautiful full wholly integrated people um and we got a thing for hallmark (laughs) exactly (laughs) i know know. it was really it was yeah it was it was really exciting and i just i want to say thank you for just for showing up for me on that day because i needed it Oh, I'm, I'm really glad. I mean, I, I mean, like I told you, I was like, I get it. I understand your pain. I know where you're coming from. You know, it's hard. It's hard to love something that doesn't love you back, um, which is how it felt and feels sometimes. But, you know, I'm really glad that from that conversation to now, we have so much more to be excited about. Like that feels really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still to be on this journey together. Thank and thank you. you, Hallmark, for coming through and, yeah. and helping you, us out. Keep us a we good were work, in a crisis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm um, excited to see where they go. Uh, well, we can't wait to see you in Evergreen and beyond. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hallmark, well, call him, give this man a call. Give him a give him a one two. You tell tell them to call me. But yeah, yeah. maybe after after Evergreen, maybe we'll we'll chat again. I'll I'll call Rukia and see if she'll hop on with us. She's great. also a, a delight to speak to. We would love that. Yeah. She, we definitely stand Rukia in this house. Yeah. So that would be as, lovely. As we should. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think she would do it. I don't see why not. She's, she's like me. She's just like normal, normal life at home. Kids running around and she's like, oh, I'll hide in the bedroom and chat for a bit. I'm in. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I am holding out hope that that is our reality, that we have both of you on and you are talking about your starring yeah. roles in the new yeah. um, Christmas and Evergreen. That I'm putting it on a vision board. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. Put it up there. <laughs> put it in. I'll put it on mine too. Everybody, <laughs> tweet it. Tweet it. 
Get Paul to tweet it. I think if Paul tweets yeah. it, <laughs> he is like, he's like Oprah, Hallmark Oprah. Yeah, yeah. You get a card. You get a card. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and thank you to everyone for listening. We yes. know this was a long one, but hopefully yeah. you got um, a lot of good out of it. So we will be back soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.